Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Taking off a, uh, a new series called Elisha, The Life of Faith. And you know what? Think about faith. Faith is just such, a, such an important thing. And, and often I think we don't understand the place and the power of faith um, in our lives. In fact, the book of Hebrews says um, God rewards uh, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And there's another scripture there that faith, faith is a thing that pleases God. And this morning we want to just look at um, faith in the life of one individual in the Old Testament. Um, the, the, the gentleman in question is Elisha. Uh, but over the last month we started a series and looking at the purpose and the place of honor in our lives. And I still can't get away. Ian preached last Sunday morning, still can't get away from that scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 5, where it says that Jesus, the Son of God, could do no mighty works except heal a few sick people because of a lack of honor. And then we looked at another scripture in Matthew chapter 8, where where the centurion comes to Jesus and lavishes honor towards him. And as a a result of that honor, Jesus is able to perform the miracle that the centurion um, was seeking him for. And over the last four weeks, if you haven't been here, I really want to encourage you, go to the podcast, because this principle of honor is so important for us to understand the place of honor in our lives and also understanding the power of delegated authority. Amen. It's so important that as that as mature Christ followers any out there we understand the place of honor where we're where we're supposed to outwork honor in every area of our lives and also understanding the power of delegated authority but as I reflected on those couple of scriptures a couple of texts that we look at there was another element that was in play in, in, in those two texts, Luke chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 8. And I wanted to draw out of not just the element of honor, but look that there was another element that was taking place in these two stories, and that is the element of faith. In, Matthew, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus marveled at the lack of the faith of the people of his hometown. He not only was discouraged by their lack of honor, but he was dismayed at their lack of faith as well. Then, but the flip side is when we look at Matthew chapter 8, we see that Jesus reveled in the faith of the centurion. So in both those stories, we see that there's evidently one story has the, 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 the lack of uh, honor and the consequences of that. But then in the other story, we see the evidence of honor and we see the consequences of that as well. But in both stories as well, we see this element of faith. And this morning, over the next few uh, moments together and over the next couple of weeks, we want to dive into the life of Elijah and see that he lived out a life of faith. Because God's calling us, I believe, to stir our faith to greater things. Did you know that you're called to more than just to come to church on a Sunday? Glory to God. Did you know that you were made for more than just to put your beautiful uh, uh, on that seat that right there now? You were made for more than just to come on a Sunday, please. It's so important that we're in the, in the, in the uh, habit of coming together on a weekend. Amen. It's so important that you just get your family and yourself into that habit because there's so many distractions. I mean, just today, there's so many markets. And I wonder how many people are at the markets today. And I'm not judging them or saying anything like that, but there's so many options today. But we need to choose the house of God. But I want to say today that we are called for more than just to come to church on Sunday. God's called us to live a life of faith, an exciting life of faith. And I believe in our walk with God, 
that he gives us defining moments of opportunity where he calls us to obey and to step out in faith. And today we want to look at an Old Testament figure that not only took a great step of faith, but were used mildly by God because of his obedient faith. Everyone say obedient faith. Come on, say it like you mean it. Obedient faith. God wants us to have that sort of faith, the obedient faith. So the story of Elijah, if you want to open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19, it'll be on the screen, but you can do that as well on your phone, on your pad, whatever it is you've got there. Just a little background of the story, a little bit of the background. Elijah, not Elisha, sometimes we get Elijah and Elisha mixed up, but Elijah was a great prophet of God through his journey, encountered a guy called Elisha. And we don't know much about Elisha other than he's a really ordinary guy. Any ordinary people out there? I'm just ordinary, but in God we can be extraordinary. Hallelujah. Amen? Glad about that. But he was a very ordinary guy, serving his parents by serving faithfully on his parents' farm. He wasn't a royal figure. He had no great heritage. He was just an ordinary person. But what we know about the ministry of Elisha, everyone say Elisha. Elisha is that Elisha actually performed more recorded miracles in Scripture than anyone else, without, with, 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 of course, the exception of Jesus. Elisha performed more miracles. And the point that I want to bring out is this. God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways when they respond to Him in faith. Come on. God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways when we respond to him in faith. So we want to pick up the story in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verses 19 through to 21. It's up on the screen. If not, it will be in a moment. But it says this. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And then he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my mother and father, then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again for what I have done to you. Verse 21. So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for the truth that is in your word, for the principles that that are there that we can apply. And I pray, Lord, as I share some thoughts this morning out of this text, that it would become revelation to people's hearts, Lord. And that, Lord, you would encourage us and stir our faith to take the steps of obedient faith that you're calling us to take. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So first thought is this, we're going to look at two principles of faith. The first one is this, number one, faithful service leads to great faith opportunities. Faithful service leads to great faith opportunities. The thought is this, show me someone who is joyfully and faithfully serving, and I'll show you someone who's positioned for God to take them to the next level. Amen? 
Show me someone who is faithfully serving and I'll show you someone who is positioned for God to take them to the next level. What we find about Elisha is when Elijah comes, we find that Elisha wasn't performing any mighty feats. He wasn't walking on the water. He wasn't turning water into wine. We just see him faithfully serving his family. Because it says here in this text, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. What does that mean there? He was with the 12th. Well, he was right at the very rear end. Get the picture. Where is he? Right at the very end of 12 oxen. I remember preparing to be a jockey when I was 11 and 12 years of age. Every weekend I'd go out to uh, the, local, uh, the local horse trainer, George Ledger, his name, and uh, I'd go out there from Friday night to Saturday night, and I'd come back Sunday at that particular time. I was a little runt, and I uh, thought that that was my preferred future, to be a jockey. And uh, what part, of the, part, of the, the part of the training of being a jockey is um, mucking out the stables every day. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but, you know, big animals, um, lots of grass, and all that sort of stuff, and... Um, you know, sometime in the winter times, the guys would joke about how great it was to use it to warm your hands. I never did that. But how disgusting. But I want to paint the picture. Here's Elisha serving his family faithfully. And can you imagine uh, your day uh, like this is one of you and what a smell. Here he is all day long. He's behind the 12th oxen. I don't know if there's a picture up there. But this is the view that Elisha had all day long. That's the view that he had. But Elisha was found being faithful to the work at hand. And in the middle of the day, God sends him an opportunity of faith. I want to say this morning, we should never estimate the power and rewards of being faithful to the things that God calls us to do. Because just like Elijah, in a moment of faithfulness, God may pass by and call us to the next opportunity of faith. Amen. Many people never get the opportunity to do the greater things God calls them to do because they won't be faithful to the small things that God calls them to now. Hallelujah. You're never too big a big shot in the kingdom of God to take on the menial tasks that God might ask you to do. In fact, there's probably a many people in churches today that God's calling to clean the loo. But they won't because it's not a big thing. I've found this, God's not looking for stars, he's looking for servants. Servants, I should say, servants. You know what I'm saying this morning? But many people are held back in the next step that God has for them because they're not willing to do the small things. Hallelujah. I'm too important to be a part of the host team. I'm too important to be a part of vacuuming the auditorium. The stars in the house of God are those ones after service going around vacuuming. Hallelujah. No one sees that, but God does. Hallelujah. But too many people aren't willing to do the small things, but God's watching because when we serve God in the small things and we serve him faithfully, remember Elisha, where was he? At the rear end of 12 oxen. Can you imagine the smell and the stuff all day? That's what he's doing. But he's faithfully serving his parents. And God's watching that. God's watching you and I today to see what sort of attitude we have towards him in the small things as well. When we're faithful in the small things, God then elevates us to the next thing. Hallelujah. Takes us to the next thing. But we've got to be willing 
to be faithful in the small things that God calls us to. Hallelujah. Because if we're not, I believe that that limits us from going to the next thing that God has for us or the opportunity of taking an obedient step of faith. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, in relation to being faithful in the small things. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Anyone want to be used by God today? Three in the front row. That's so encouraging. This is a word for now. I can feel it. Seriously, we all want to be used by God. But being used by God means being faithful in the small things that he's called you to now. Elisha was faithful in serving his parents on the farm. God comes through Elijah, sees the faithfulness of Elijah. He's then presented with the next opportunity of faith. Jesus says in Matthew, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 19, verse 17, he says, Well done, good servant, because you are faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. You see it there? Jesus is responding to people's faithfulness over small things, and as a result of that, they're elevated to greater things. Hallelujah. It's an upside-down kingdom, the kingdom we serve, but it's God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Never despise the small things God asks you to do because just like Elisha, it's positioning you for the greater things that God has for you. It was Elisha's faithfulness that the next thing that God had for him happened because we pick up the text here. It says this, Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Right now is Elisha's opportunity of faith. This is the next step now that God is presenting to him. But the thought is this, what does that mean? What does it mean when Elijah comes and throws his mantle over him? We just wanted to explain it very briefly. The mantle was his covering. And what Elijah did, he was taking his covering and he put it on Elisha and was basically symbolically saying this to Elisha. What has covered me will now cover you, talking about the anointing of God. The mantle on me will now be the mantle on you. That which I was under, now you will be under as well. Elijah was saying to Elisha, you will now be my apprentice. Wow, what an opportunity. In Elijah's, faith, in Elijah's faithful service, God was now calling him to a decision of faith, leave everything and follow the prophet. Leave everything, your family, your home, all that you know, and follow me. This was such a big call, but I want to show you this morning how Elisha responds. It says this, And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my mother and father, and then I will follow you. Straight away. He obeys and responds immediately. God calls Elisha to follow Elijah, and that's it. We don't see any more details other than Elijah saying to Elisha, follow me. And the second principle of faith I want to bring to you this morning, it's such an important one. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. God will rarely give you details. I believe God is often vague in his details. You want details? I believe God would look at us and say, you can't handle the details. I'm calling you to come and follow, but I'm not going to give you any other details because if I gave you the details, you'd probably say, no. Hello? That's why God is vague in detail. 
Often he would say to Moses, go. He would say to Abraham, go. Go into that land. He wouldn't give them any details. He would just command them to go. Because if they got the details, they probably wouldn't go. I remember eight, nearly nine years ago when God called us to Shell Harbor and uh, didn't really give us too many details. Uh, I remember one statement of thought that he, that he gave. He said, uh, to be strong and courageous and have great faith. Um, not much more than that. And, you know, when we, when we arrived, um, year number one was, was quite an interesting year for us because, again, God said, come. He didn't give us any details. But, you know, year number one was such a challenging year. We started the year we arrived in August of uh, 20, uh, excuse me, 2008, I think it was. And the first Sunday morning of the first month in the first year, we get a phone call and our youth um, 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 pastor's, youth leader's wife had a massive aneurysm during the night and died about five o'clock on the first Sunday morning of the first year that we arrived in the church. I talk about death and despair. I mean, wow, it was just such a sad time. That was our first year. Then the second year, we, we, uh, we got through that year, come to the second year, I'm telling this for a reason, but come through to the second year and, and uh, started the year out and all of a sudden we get this revelation that somebody has been stealing from the tithes for many, many years. And uh, we were all there. And the revelation was that someone had been stealing, we, we estimate probably $100,000 or more over a number of years where someone was putting their hand into the, into the cash each week and taking money. I mean, that was, really, that was really great church growth stuff. I mean, that was awesome. We had the detectives, we had the police, all the staff had to get interviewed, all the team leaders had to get interviewed. I mean, it's just, you, you want an encouraging thing to happen in the life of your church, that's what you do, not. I mean, everyone goes, you know, God's left the building and this has gone on and that's gone on and what's wrong with the leaders and well, maybe it's just sin. Obviously in someone's heart. That was year number two. Then year number three, we just cruise along a little bit, little bit more into year number three and a half. And um, someone that I love dearly, <laughs> I get emotional talking about him. He, was, uh, he became our assistant pastor, he and his wife, uh, John and, um, uh, excuse me, Jeff and Mary Smith. And, um, and John and Mary are married today and we're just so thrilled. The goodness of God, isn't it? Hallelujah, been through those journeys. But, you know, uh, Jeff was on board as the assistant pastor and Mary as well, serving so well, wonderful man of God, just an awesome man of faith. And in the nine months' time, his life's taken through prostate cancer. You know, death and despair. I mean, just, just stuff that just has the potential to break your heart. Then we get into year number four. <laughs> Remember this, if God had given you all the details, you probably would have said no. But he doesn't give you the details. He just calls you to come, to go. But then we get into year number four and things are going along a little bit better and then we enter a season of betrayal and despair. Um, some people that you, know, you, you thought you could you know, trust and do life with, sometimes people, what's in their heart doesn't get revealed until the heat of the moment. And then we went through a year where you know, a number of people left the church um, uh, disgruntled or upset or whatever the case may be and, and uh, things that year just didn't work out the way that we had thought. And there'd been a number of other things along the way that we could share. But again, the point is this. We don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. 
Because if God had sat down with Rachel and I and said, Shane, on year one and year two and year three and year four, this is the rubbish that's going to happen, we probably would have said, well, well God, thanks very much, but Newcastle's just beautiful. You know, we have a lovely, lovely medium-sized church and everyone's happy and there's no debt and all that sort of stuff, you know. That would, that would have been so much easier. But I don't believe God gives us the details because if we gave us the details, we might, might have a conflicted response to him. But you know what? He doesn't give us the details. But as we go through those seasons and those things that happen in our lives, it's all opportunity for growth. Amen. It's all opportunity to give glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil might want to use those things to destroy us, but God uses those things to build us. Hallelujah. But if you say, you say, God, I'm not going to say yes to you until I get all the details. Elisha didn't do that. He just responded to the call and just said, God, I'm going to follow after Elijah. I haven't got any details. I haven't got any idea of what it's called, what it's going to cost, and what you're asking me to do, but I'm just going to respond in faith. Respond in faith. Many people are held back because you're wanting all the details. You just got to respond in faith. So yes, God. Amen? You're getting it this morning? I wonder how many people. We don't need to fully understand to obey complete. We just need to obey. I said before, so many times in the Old Testament, God would speak to um, um, the, 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 the patriarchs of past, and he would just say, go. We see Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. He says this. He says, and Jesus walking the sea of Galilee, see two brothers, Simon, called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they said, let's go and have a prayer meeting first. I need to speak to my wife and to my cousin and to my auntie and my uncle. I need to go and consult my counsellor. I need to speak to my pastor. No, what did they do? They responded immediately. Hallelujah. We need to be like them. When God calls us, when God puts something on our hearts, rather than just going, oh, well, God, I just, I just got to go and check out my horoscope. I've just got to go and speak to someone before I say yes. God's wanting us to say yes immediately. You see, time and time again in the New Testament, Jesus would call them, come, and they would come. They would just leave everything and follow him. Hallelujah. We don't need to understand completely to obey immediately. No details, just a word to either obey or to reject. And I think this this morning, today there would be many of us that have received a word from God about an area of our life. It might be about your marriage or your family or your own life. And God has given you a word. And we need to be like Elisha and respond in faith and obedience and say, God, yes, I'm going to step out and obediently, obediently obey what it is that you're calling me to do. Amen? As we conclude this morning, I wonder what stops so many people. It's all of the what ifs. What if I fail? What if I'm rejected? What about my finances? What about my career? What about my five-year plan? What about it, God? Listen to this thought. The steps towards your destiny, to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Look at what Elisha 
did. He says, so Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elisha and became his servant. Look at what Elisha did there. He took and slaughtered all of the oxen and he used the plows, the timber and the plows to cook up the meat. Elisha was basically saying there's no turning back. Elisha was basically saying there's no plan B. God, I'm following after you and I'm not giving myself any option to turn back. Hallelujah. Don't you love that this morning? That's the sort of faith that God responds to. Faith like that. Faith like that. Hallelujah. There are many times in our lives where we just need to respond in faith and obey even though we don't have all the details. Just want to conclude this morning. If I could have the, the keyboard player, that would be great this morning. I just reflect on my own life, defining moments where God comes and presents us an opportunity of faith and we either have the opportunity to step out and respond accordingly or draw back and say, God, give me 12 months to try and work it all out. God doesn't work that way. He calls us. He expects us to obey. 1989, <laughs> going back a few years now. But I remember I was in a defining point in my life. I, I felt in myself that the next, um, next thing for my, for my life, the next thing for my work life, my career, etc., was to join the police force. So I, boy, I said I would have been a great policeman. No question. Good looking bald, dapper, man, people look at me and slow down, amazing, 1989, went, to back, went back to college, got the, the, uh, the necessary um, qualifications that I needed to, but it was in 1989, I was sitting on the break wall of Port Macquarie in my, my, uh, my, my Land Rover, long wheelbase discovery, oh goodness gracious me, it had a Holden 202, six cylinder in it. Oh, good. It had, it had chrome um, sunraysia. What do you call them? Sun, those tires on. Had a full length roof rack. I mean, I had hair back then. What a picture. <laughs> Sitting on the break wall. Had my little sister in the car, and we're just talking about life. And as we started talking, the, the thought came go to Bible college. And I had it all worked out. You know, I, this is what I need to do. These are the next steps. I'd gone to the police station in Kempsey and met with the sergeant there. And that was another story, but had that meeting there. And it was all good to go. But on that break wall, looking over the break wall in Port Macquarie, God said, go to Bible college. I, I had no idea what Bible college was all about. I just thought they were a bunch of weird people that, that sort of walked around all day, you know, two or three inches off the ground, like real weird people. <laughs> well, when I got there, there were certainly quite a few. <laughs> Me included. But I got to go to Bible college. So I did that. I didn't know how, you know, I was going to pay for it. I'm back, back, back in the day. Back in the day, you know, I didn't have a, a lot of money. I had this, uh, this um, Chrysler sedan. It was a three-speed on the tree and you know, you used to say to people, if you wanted to work out, you go to the local, local shopping center because you just turn the thing all the time. It was so heavy, no power steering. And I didn't have much money to my name. I had a, I had a uh, back in the day, you could do it. I had a cache of guns. I had a number of guns. So every time I'd come home from Brisbane, I'd come home, I'd get another gun and I'd sell the gun to pay to get to Bible college, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty much just doing whatever I needed to do. But I still had no idea what I was doing there. But I just said, 
okay, that's what you've asked me to do. I have little and no information. So we went through the first year, then I felt God was asking us to go through the second year. So we went through the, the two, two years of college, got to the end of college. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit interesting because all these people in the class, there was about 50 of them, were getting asked to go here and asked to go there. And some of them were being asked to be like, um, like I felt like I was a single girl on prom night. No one wanted to dance with me. You know, because they were getting this offer and they are getting that offer. So I'm just like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then God said, move to Newcastle. What? I'd come from Port Macquarie. Port Macquarie is like heaven and Newcastle back then was like hell. That's the difference between the two. That's, that's how bad Newcastle was going back in those days. But God said, Go to Newcastle. Well, all right. Go to Newcastle. Two people I know, David and Marilyn Schaefer, the pastors. Pretty much no one else. Don't know anyone else. But you know, as I look back at that, yes, in 1992, the say to God, yes, I'll go to Newcastle, not knowing what I'm supposed to do, I had no title like all my other Bible college spiritual ones, all the great leaders had all been given the opportunity. Uh, I had no position. <laughs> but God knew. Amen. God knew. Through that whole period of just serving Him, that's all I did. Day number one, rocked up on the front door of the church grabbed a bunch of um, newsletters, they were paper ones back then, and just handed them out to people as they came in. That was my first job. It's all I did every week, just hand out the newsletters, how you going? Then I started visiting new Christians, you know, long story before you know it, da-da-da-da. God has just continued to give me opportunity or give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I never thought we would be the spearhead to the city. I never thought that. I never thought we'd have such, such I'm talking our church, we'd have such great influence in our church across the other churches in this city. I never thought that God would do that. I never thought that in a, in a million years, but I'm making the point this morning is that we don't have to know everything in order for us to be used by God. We just need to respond to what he's saying to us now. What's the step of faith for you today? Come on, what's the step of faith for you today? God may well have been speaking to you for quite a while about this. God may be continuing to encourage you. I had a conversation with a gentleman during the week and he said to me, Shane, I won't say the details, but he said, you know, I keep thinking that this is what I need to be doing. I just, this thought just keeps coming to me from God about this, this step of faith. I just simply said to him, do it. Don't try and work out all the details. Don't try and get your five-year plan sorted out, my career and all that. Just take the step of faith and see what God will do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because that's exactly what Elisha did. Can we all stand to our feet this morning as we conclude? Hallelujah. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Question this morning to ponder, consider. Are you responding to the step of faith God is asking you to take? 
or is your comfort and security holding you back? Wow. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you have so much more for us to experience in you. But Lord, we know that within your kingdom, within your house, it's about our faith. It's about our willingness to obey you, Lord. So Lord, this morning, for people here that know in their hearts that you are speaking to them, God, that you are calling them to respond accordingly. Right now, Lord, just as a, a step of faith in our hearts, we just say yes to you. We don't need to know all the details. We don't need to know all the plans. All we need to know is that you're calling us to respond. Right now, friends, just in your heart, just take a moment this morning just to consider, God, what is it that you're calling me to? What is it that you're asking? What is that next step of faith? What does it look like? We just wait on you this morning, Lord. We just wait on you today. And as you're receiving from God this morning, work out what it means, what it looks like to obey, to take that step this morning. It might be adjusting something in your life. It might be having a conversation with someone. It might be getting on the telephone and talking with someone. It might be about arranging. It could be a number of things this morning. But what's the next step for you before God looked like today? Lord, we thank you this morning for the life of Elisha. May we learn more from him over the coming weeks, more from you, more importantly. But Lord, we thank you today for the great principle of faith. We don't need to know all the details, but we do need to say yes to you immediately. So Father, we thank you, we bless you, we worship you. And everybody said amen.